0: Diane, 7pm, July 15th, I'm sitting in Burlington, Iowa, 3.4 miles from the Mississippi River. I've never seen so many mainflies. 70 degrees on a slightly overcast day. The weatherman said rain. If you get paid that kind of money to be wrong 60% of the time, it'd be worth it. I'm meeting up with Jason, Mike, and Andy from Attack of the Killer podcast to record my own podcast. I'm calling the podcast First Time, and this is their first time on the podcast. Oh, Diane, I almost forgot. I've got to find out what these guys think of Twin Peaks. It's really something.
1: First time. First
0: time. Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad Good. If this is your first time listening to First Time, let me explain. Each episode, I recommend something new to my guests or guests to experience for the first time. It can be a movie, TV show, book, album, food, really anything that the guest has never experienced before. Then we discuss it. It's really that simple. So today I'm talking to my brothers from another podcast, Jason, Mike, and Andy from Attack of the Killer podcast. So this entire podcast started... Because of a deal I made with Jason and Mike, who have been aggressively refusing to watch Twin Peaks <laughs> since I met them, just to sort of spite Andy and I. So yeah. I offered to watch any film of their choosing, and in exchange, they would watch the Twin Peaks pilot. So today's finally the day we're talking about Twin Peaks. Coming Sunday, April 8th. She's dead.
1: Wrapped in plastic. 11 a.m., February 24th. Entering the town of Twin Peaks. The Los Angeles Times says Twin Peaks is certainly like nothing else on television. W.C. Fields would say it would rather be here than Philadelphia. The Washington Post calls it unprecedented. This you gotta see. Bobby, did
0: you kill Laura Palmer?
1: Sunday, April 8th. From David Lynch, Twin Peaks and i have found the perfect
2: movie to oh make really you watch. oh man i haven't even been thinking about that oh you haven't even I mean, game. reward
0: you haven't even made tad watch anything yet no they haven't even i felt like maybe i when i got them to watch twin peaks that they were like hey they were right it's really good i don't you know is. i'm not even going to cash in yeah i'm not even going to cash in on this on this deal um he did us a favor
2: right oh forget that (laughs) mike would say that making you watch sledgehammer the other day might be well
0: yeah i mean uh what two years now at least of you know torturous (laughs) movies but a deal's a deal you know (laughs) i'm not gonna try to i'm not gonna try to back out of it (laughs) so yeah twin peaks i first question i have and um you know as much as i'm going to keep saying let's try to keep to the pilot we know we're going to wander off because i know for a fact that you guys could not... It's like a bag of chips. I know you guys didn't just uh, watch the pilot. I know you've watched more than that. So how far have each of you gotten?
1: Well, I am on the last episode of the first season, and Jason, you said you...
2: Yeah, I just... Last night, I finished up the first season.
0: Oh, boy. So that that's an an—that's—that's that's good, well, so good. Keep that in mind, Andy, so that um, we don't spoil... It anything major for okay. them? all right yeah so that that's sort of good that you haven't because that way we won't be tempted to just talk about the entire thing because right. i feel Don't like me- some people tune in and if they haven't seen the thing you know i i we probably will spoil some stuff but um hopefully just stuff in the first episode so that it's not a big deal
2: yeah, only 1,000 weird things happened in the first eight episodes. <laughs> right, yeah. How could we possibly even get to the second season?
0: Well, the the sort of catchphrase that they're using in the uh, promotion is, you know, the, the one line is, who killed Laura Palmer? That was the question on everybody's mind on the night, April 8th, 1990, when David Lynch's surreal television drama, Twin Peaks, premiered on ABC. And... When I first watched this, I could not believe that this aired on ABC cuz I was a late bloomer. I did not watch this until probably 3 or 4 years ago. Oh. So, a- Andy probably watched this when it aired, didn't you?
3: I <laughs> I watched it maybe around I'd say 2007, 2008 and then oh, I and okay. then I I completed it um but I can tell you my first um experience with Twin Peaks was when it uh, originally aired, um, and I believe this takes place in the first season is when uh, Cooper is doing that um, experimentation with uh, the rocks. He's throwing the rocks at the bottle.
0: At the bottles, yeah. Yes.
3: Okay. Um, I'm about. I'm, I'd see, I've been. A, I'd be about ten, and I remember my my mom was you know cooking in the kitchen and. And I'm and I'm watching this, and I'm even at ten years old. I'm just like, this is some peculiar shit that I'm watching right now. You often um, use
1: the word peculiar at ten years
3: old. Well, you you, you know, I was a peculiar kid. Um, <laughs> still am. Uh, you
0: probably heard it on Twin Peaks. But... No <laughs> exactly. It's very um, peculiar. A,
3: a, st- a strange and unusual <laughs> relationship. Um, but anyway, um, and as I'm, I was immediately like turned turned off by it because i was just like oh this is i I was i was drawn into it because i thought i was like man this is different and then i see i was like oh they got a good guy and his name's andy and um he's he's a deputy (laughs) and i'm just like okay finally there's somebody that that has my name because i mean it's not Mm -hmm. like you know there was a lot of kids you know aside from like child's play and uh the truck driver from Maximum Overdrive, you know, there wasn't a lot of Andys out there that were like heroes. It's like, okay, all right, I'm a cop. And I get hit in the head with a rock and I'm a dim witted idiot. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I not even want to watch this anymore because now I'm pissed. I love Andy. He's one of yeah. my favorites. Right. But but yeah, but now as as I got older I I I I found like the the character so so endearing. And but yeah, that was probably the first time that I ever ever actually watched it when
0: during its original airing so yeah like i like a few maybe three or four years ago um i usually sort of pick one thing that's a series that's either i haven't started or just something that's sort of long that i know will take a while to get through and that's what i use to watch while i work on film festival stuff like whether i'm uh organizing films or just all the busy work. So I have something to sort of sidetrack me and twin peaks was at probably, like I said, three or four years ago and watched it on Netflix because I had so many friends who were so into it. And this was right. This was like a year before the new, uh, the return was on showtime. Mm. So it was like, it sort of exploded. Like a lot of my friends were really excited that was coming back. So I was, you know, Oh, I want to jump on and, and catch up. So when the new series comes out, or new season comes out, I'm caught up, and I don't know what it is. It's like so bizarre, but it's so addicting, and it's, it's not my usual thing, but I can't really say it's not my usual thing because there's absolutely nothing like this at all. Not even David Lynch's other stuff is like this. I mean, other than not making sense, that's the only other thing that has in common with Lynch's <laughs> other stuff, but it's like they mashed up a you know, a soap opera that your mom would watch with a surreal David Lynch horror movie. And it's so just crazy. Like it goes from, you know, a dead body to a really weird, quirky joke to it's the tone is just all over the place where you don't know if it's supposed to be funny. Um, but it's just so charming to me. I absolutely love it. And it's, it's, it's just weird to think it was on ABC, like, and oh yeah, looking back um i sort of you know you search through youtube and then the all the cast except for and and crew even uh frost was on there but lynch wasn't i think they were on the donahue show and they took up the whole stage they had everybody there and it was like a they took the nation by storm like they were like the tiger king like what tiger king is right now (laughs) back then like everybody was talking about twin peaks and of course it was before the internet but back then it was the water cooler talk, you know? So you would come back the next day and it was like, who killed Laura Palmer? Who do you think? Who do you think? And he's, and, and they sort of used it like a very interesting side. Really it's a small plot point at the beginning, Laura Palmer's death to sort of introduce us to all these crazy characters in the town of Twin Peaks.
3: And everybody, everybody was a suspect. And I think what the real, uh, the real drawing point for the the series was, you know, viewer wise. I mean, it was. I mean, it started off really as the the Who Shot Jr. of the nineteen nineties. So immediately you're drawn in, and you want to know how this is going prog- to how this is going to progress and especially if it's you know it's got this this small town that's these quirky characters that you don't know what's gonna they're gonna do next you you don't know whether a woman is going to be talking to a log or you know some chick is gonna start dancing like all sexy in like the middle of a diner i mean it's just what what kind of crazy shit is gonna go next but at the same time, it follows a linear storyline where it's just like they're they're actually trying to, you know, solve the murder of this of this innocent girl. Well, not really innocent, but you'll you'll find that out later.
0: Right. And, and it's like I said, it's so surreal that it was on what's network TV, ABC, because like the pilot was originally shown as one two hour episode and was promoted as a TV movie but was later released as two episodes in some markets. And then uh, Andy, as you know, and you guys might know this too, that there was a theatrical version of the pilot released in Europe. Yes. Uh, they called it Northwest Passage, which was the original title of the show, uh, What which it was, it was sold on. Uh, it has a lot more footage and it actually wraps up the whole storyline and shows who killed Laura Palmer in that oh. first episode. Holy yeah. shit yeah and to think you could never ever 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 consider doing that right now because this was before the internet and so people weren't gonna jump online and spoil it right away I mean you know the the first whole season they we still I mean it's not a spoiler we still don't know who killed Laura Palmer no. in the first season and what's interesting is David Lynch has sort of talked about how that was just sort of a starting point for us to get to know these characters and it, he never intended to actually reveal who killed Laura Palmer because that would keep the show going. But it became this huge cultural thing where everybody wanted to know. And it was like they thought week after week, we're you know, is this the one we're going to find out? Is this the one we're going to find out? And Lynch was just fucking with people as he typically does <laughs> and had no attention. He knew. I mean, obviously he knew because they filmed it in the first episode. They, uh, they filmed it as, as one episode. And then I believe he went back to ABC and said, can we have a little bit more budget to film an actual ending and some extra scenes? And we'll turn this into a film in Europe and we sell it to them as a movie. And that's what happened. So they could make a little more money. They gave him some more money. And like I said, that would just be crazy. It's crazy to think because we live in a society where you have to go see a new movie the night it comes out or the next day, someone gets on social media and spoils it for you and back then i mean just in 1990 you could get away with having the ending in playing in theaters in europe and no one no it didn't make it over here somehow you know it's still a surprise for people
3: speaking of the endings and the culprit which i won't i won't reveal but no no um but the the reason why lynch chose the culprit is because of a mistake in uh, um in filming it had it i i will reveal one thing it has to do with a mirror and eventually he chose that person who who ended up appearing in the mirror in the shot unbeknownst to them during the editing process and then uh lynch chose that person in a roundabout way to be the culprit but you got to watch to find out am i am i right on this one tad
0: yeah yeah and we're you know we're very carefully tiptoeing around it um just like you said not to spoil anything but it's it's interesting too because first season two is notoriously a little bit crazy it goes off the rails about halfway Mm -hmm. through um i don't some some people love that some people hate it but it's it's very different tonal shift and from what i've read abc basically said like Lynch, you got to stop fucking with him and reveal who killed (laughs) Laura Palmer because people are getting mad. They're watching every week and they're like, fuck off. Like every week he leaves it open ended. And so Lynch basically was like, I'm David Lynch and I don't do what anyone tells me. So he stepped back and uh, Frost continued the series without David Lynch's input. So Lynch didn't have anything to do with it again until the return.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: And uh, Frost has written several books that are considered canon. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff he's done. He's done audio recordings as far as uh, Cooper to Diane, that fill in gaps. And there's the missing pieces that came out in the original Blu-ray box set that came out years ago. Obviously, there's a prequel movie, but you don't want to watch that until you watch uh, at least the first two seasons. Um, Just it it has this... Yeah, Firewalk with me, which, you know, is the first time we see that phrase is at the very end of the pilot. Um, But it's just the the whole idea of it. I mean, Lynch has always been sort of a crazy guy, a very uh, different, unique individual in general. But um, yeah, surreal. But, you know, this is like outside of doing maybe his most mainstream normal thing, and it still is not normal in any way um i've suggested this show to so many people and half of them love it and think it's awesome and continue it and the other half are like why do you enjoy this what's wrong with you why would you think i would enjoy this or they just simply don't get the appeal of it it's like why am i why wa- i think some people like like i suggested it to blake and his reaction was sort of like i don't get if i'm supposed to laugh or if I'm supposed to be like scared or if I'm, if it's supposed to be like intentionally bad or, and I'm like, don't think about how you're supposed to react and just, just react. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's so, it's so weird to sit there and uh just sort of turn in your head on how you're supposed to feel. Just sit back and enjoy it. Whether you do think it's funny or you think it's if, I mean, just enjoy it if you enjoy it. And if you don't, you don't have to, you know?
3: Yeah, it's it's kind of like you you know exactly like what you said. Just sit back and sit back and enjoy like the little things ab- about it. Like Cooper says, give yourself a gift. Uh, no matter what, you know, you don't even you know don't plan on it. Just give yourself the gift some at some part of the day. You know, it's just like they they. En- I love the fact that they enjoy simple shit in this series. I mean, just like coffee. Oh yeah cherry pie yes absolutely you know i mean it's just like it's it's the it's the simple things that they that they take so much joy in you know it's just like it's just a simple town with a very complex problem and very complex people
0: i'm gonna let you in on a little secret every day once a day give yourself a present don't plan it don't wait for it just let it happen could be a new shirt at the men's store, a cat nap in your office chair, or two cups of good, hot, black coffee. Like this. A present.
2: Like Christmas. Oh, man. That hits
0: the spot. So uh, this author, Robert Fisher, wrote... He's a German author. He wrote a book. I'm not going to... even uh, attempt to pronounce the german title but it translates to the dark side of the soul about david lynch and he said that the pilot which you know i I spout out a lot of um, half-assed research on here so i don't know take it with a grain of salt but he said the the pilot at the time cost 3.8 million dollars uh was shot in march and april of 1989 on location and at city studios in los angeles and had its and it, this is true. It had its premiere at the Telluride Film Festival in, uh, in Colorado in September 1989, which is really cool to think that the pilot of this, you know, TV show was at a film festival. But it makes sense because it was David Lynch. And I'm sure even at the time it had a lot of hype and people were really interested in seeing it. But how many times does a network television show premiere at a film festival? You know, it's like it doesn't networks. You, you think about like what networks do now it's like fucking big bang theory and shit little sheldon or whatever and it's just you know i guess we have had you know hannibal and a few standout shows but it just every time i think about the fact that uh that he hosted uh saturday night live and they did a lot of twin peaks parodies and stuff which is it sort of would be hard to do because it's so weird in its own like how do you parody something that's almost already a parody uh but that that's a pretty funny clip I'll have to send you guys when he was hosted, when, uh, Kyle McLaughlin hosted, yeah, it's, he hosted it's on, SNL. Yeah. Cool. It's on, it's
3: on the, uh, some of the DVDs. He talks about eating 17 jelly donuts and he goes, Diane, I'll take my insulin shot at two thirty this afternoon.
0: <laughs> yeah. It just, he just sort of plays the same character, but he ramps it up and, and makes fun of the fact that, you know, he points out the weird stuff that they do, which, is like, it's hard to make fun of something that sort of makes fun of itself. But um, yeah, the, the this episode, the pilot opens up right away with uh, Pete Martell. He's going to go fish and then he finds Laura Palmer. And, you know, she's wrapped in plastic. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. Yeah. It's, right away, it's it's dark, but it's, it's like, what's this guy's deal, you know? Right away, just that opening line, she's dead, wrapped in plastic is like ingrained in my brain. Anytime I see something like a grocery bag wrapped around groceries, I'll be like, yeah. Oh, it's wrapped in plastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> Pete
3: Martel is like the biggest sweetheart of like the whole series though. That Jack, right. man, it, he's adorable, man.
0: Yeah. One, him and Andy are like the, really the two that are just feel innocent. Like you don't suspect them of anything too bad. Yeah. Uh, just sweethearts in the show. I mean, I guess Dale is probably the most likable because he's he's handsome and he's witty and quick and he doesn't mean to harm anybody. But um, yeah, I mean, you you get they get right to it right away. You find Laura Palmer, uh, who's sort of the high school most popular girl, the prettiest girl, and she's washed up on shore wrapped in plastic. And even the way they shot it and the way she was made up, she's like you know a, a pale blue but she's sort of sparkly and pretty and wrapped perfectly in plastic and yeah, like a visually it, it's right visually it's it's really cool um as cool as a dead high school would be. <laughs> and then they use that mystery to sort of unravel and we slowly get to meet characters and figure out who's who and it, it's it's really smart way to roll out this whole town of twin peaks because you know in this hour i think that if you watch it uninterrupted without commercials, it's about what an hour and a half. The pilot is, yeah, and because uh, it's two forty-five minute episodes, so it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, they they call uh, her dad at work, um, and and it's sort of weird too because it seems like when the news starts spreading, every even though at the time we think Laura's very innocent. Uh, it seems like everybody, as soon as they notice that she's not there, they know. And of course, you know, it's it's bad news when the sheriff shows up at your work and your wife's on the phone telling you that your daughter's not home. But he, they jump to the conclusion without even really hearing the news yet. And then her friend in school is, is crying. Everybody in school is yeah. sort of freaking out and they hadn't even heard the news. They just know.
3: I mean, yeah, they're but, acting uh, like it's the day the music died or something, you know? it's it's Right,
0: and it's it's super sad when you're... Obviously, you know, it's very tragic for the most popular girl, but I do... Like I said, it's sort of weird that uh, her friend looks over at her chair and sees that she's not there and that the sheriff's talking to the teacher and she already draws the conclusion that Laura's dead. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's like... Yes to it. Right, and it has that sense of dread, And but the music in this show is so unique yeah. too the theme yeah. is awesome uh the intro I, I think the intro on the pilot i'm not sure if it's this way on netflix but when it originally aired was slightly different is a little bit longer had a few more shots and a few more names in the credits yeah it does. and i think the font is a little different on the title
1: yeah the the pilot does have a much longer um intro opening credit sequence yeah
0: and this is one of those shows that I never will skip the intro because I just uh, love that theme song and love the, I don't know, it's like comforting the waterfalls. Yeah, it's it's,
3: it's soothing and
0: in the little in the little bird that pops up and the sawmill, which is another sort of thing in the town. Um, yeah. you know, Twin Peaks has a big, it's a big sawmill town run by, uh, Packard. Uh, uh, yeah, jo- Packard, jo- uh, Josie Packard. Right. Josie Packard, whose husband owned it before uh, he died, she she got it now. And his sister is pissed off. And and that's sort of the drama that we learned in the first episode. She's jealous that the ex-wife or the widow got these, you know, the sawmill and she didn't. He got she got the money. So we already see some drama there. There's just a lot of drama right away in the first episode. Like it's
3: it's really good because there's a lot of, uh, aside from, you know, the death of Laura Palmer and the investigation into that, there's a lot of great B stories at work here with, you know, the, um, a corporation's wanting to buy the sawmill and the drug trade and, you know, who's having affairs with who, which is, you know, in very soap opera in general, um, (laughs) Yeah, because
0: everybody in this town is fucking somebody they shouldn't be. Exactly. Um,
3: <laughs> but it's it's great because you know you you already become attached to you know the certain places in in the town. You know, it's like I could watch like other uh, you know. Episodes of of sitcoms or whatever, and say, okay, yeah, you know, you've got Central Perk and, and Friends, but you know, everybody, you know, I'm automatically drawn to like the Great Northern, the Double R Diner, the Bang Bang Bar, um, uh, One Eye Jack's, the Roadhouse. Uh, it, yeah, exactly. You know, it's just like I that you, you know, you become accustomed to like you know these places. I guess it's like uh they the the places become characters in and of themselves
0: yeah definitely and uh before we get too far into it I just sort of wanted to ask since we're on first time and I haven't heard much from (laughs) the other two I I just want to hear like what your first impressions after watching the first episode as far as I mean you've you've seen the images you've probably seen clips you've heard the music so it's not like you went into it completely blind, but overall, uh, I just want to hear what you guys thought for the first time.
1: Well, i've I've been familiar with Twin Peaks in the distance, like in my peripheral, since it first aired. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when it aired, unlike the rest of you. Um, I was five.
0: I was <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Ten. Oh, all right, whatever. Um, but uh, and I, when it was on. I I don't think I knew who David Lynch was at the time, or if I did, I did not understand that he was even associated with this show. I just saw it as like some melodrama, you know, you know, mystery cop show or whatever, and so I I avoided it because if I knew what was in this show was happening at the time, it would have probably blown blown up my brain. I cannot think. I'm sitting here thinking of another moment in another moment in television history that. Is so out of its time, like, and so risky. I, first of all, the idea of of, of late eighties, early nineties network television, ABC taking a chance on David Lynch to create content for them, it is inconceivable. And the fact that they did it and they pulled it off, and then the fact that the show was a huge, huge hit, and I think right. it, it all it all boils down to that hook, that hook of like you said. Uh, who killed Lori Palmer. And that's what everybody was tuning in for. Uh, to the point where where it was too late to turn back, where you were sucked in and you just had to keep going no matter how weird the show got. But the fact that I'm like I can I watch it and I totally understand its cult status. Absolutely. And if the show was made today, I think it would also be a hit in an instant cult. But I think um, I think like nowadays is so much more understanding even more of general masses of that kind of content compared to like 1990. It's still, it's still very mind boggling. And now watching it finally that I'm like, Holy crap, this was on ABC. Right. Well, and we have so much content now. This weirdness.
0: Yeah. We have so much content now that there's something for everybody in the weird dark corners. Um, it, a show doesn't have to have a huge following, but this did. And like you said, uh, I can't wait for you guys to get to the return because it's such a cool uh, mashup of this world that, you know, but being modernized, it's really cool.
1: So uh, overall, I'm just going to say, and then I'll let Jason go, um, that I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. It you know, I, I, I knew I would, I just never, you know, pulled the bandaid and, uh, just cause like, I'm sort of a Lynch fan. I don't, dive deep into the pool um i don't drink his full uh, full kool-aid but uh um what i've what i've seen i've liked and and um, still trying to understand understand him i i can get more and more convinced all the time and watching twin peaks now is that it feels like he's he's got his own sense of reality but in his own mind, he's a really funny person. And it's because to me, there's so much, some of the weirdness that's going on in this movie to me is so hilarious. And I can't, <laughs> I don't know how to take it any other way. Like an example, what's with that cheesy soap opera that's playing constantly on everybody's? Oh. This whole thing. <laughs> right? It is to <sighs> me. Moments are so hilarious every time that really shitty soap opera comes on um which in my mind it's like they are intentionally making fun of their own show within the show mocking their own show yeah exactly the show. so you know it's, it's little stuff like that that like you know and some of the performances being so over the top like like dana ashbrook such a dick you know but he's just like uber over the top dick you know it's like could you be any more insane um and the other thing i also really like about it, it uh is how out of time it is i mean it has a lot of like 50s aesthetics but at the same time you know it's not the 50s there's a more a lot of modern well for 1990 anyway modern uh elements within the show too um but uh i mean i just I don't know any I mean, I went to high school in the late eighties, early nineties. Oh, I thought and, you were gonna
3: say the fifties.
1: And I don't know any um any any high school girl in my class that wore poodle skirts or would change Bobby, out of
3: poppy socks
1: change out of their tennis shoes into high heel red shoes at their locker. Um in my high school, be the other way around. If they were wearing high heel shoes, they were changing in the tennis shoes at their locker. So, so yeah, those. I yeah, just, I just love how like this is its own universe, out of time. Uh, that that that's an aesthetic that's really appealing to me as well, uh, Jason.
0: Yeah, yeah, the whole diner thing, and like you said, uh, the way Audrey dresses, the way she just is in general. It just, yeah. A lot of it does feel very nineteen fifties.
3: I love me some Audrey Horn though, man. Oh, that's that's yeah. my that's my girl, dude. That's that's Audrey's <laughs> that, that's my that's my baby. Shit. <laughs> I'm glad my wife's upstairs, but um yeah, it's <laughs> Sherilyn Finn, man, shit. Uh and we do need a s uh invitation to love
0: uh, spinoff from this. I would totally watch that.
3: I, well, did, did you that- know
0: that? Tori Spelling was originally offered that role and she turned it down.
3: For Audrey Horn? Yep. Good. Uh, thank goodness.
0: <laughs> Tori spelling sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason, what did you think?
2: Well, for me, I'll be honest, I really uh was in denial. I was <laughs> really I really blocked it out. I again I like Mike, but even more so was just never into David Lynch stuff. I, uh, Even though it was out when I was an adult, I never really, I mean, I don't know once, I, I don't know if I just decide to like, when things become too popular, there's that aesthetic to you. Then they're like, yeah, and you're like, yeah. you're not actually on that first train. Then it's like, I don't know. And so yeah. I really, honestly, I didn't, I didn't know the music. I didn't know a lot about the show. I really didn't know what it was about, other than the Laura Palmer died, and that was a thing. Um, I I didn't. I mean, I kind of knew some of the cast just from over the years, but really, I knew nothing about the show. I'm like, is this going to be Northern Exposure? Is this a series? I didn't know it was a drama. Sure. I, I mean, I really didn't know, and. Uh, I watched the the pilot for the first time maybe a month or so ago, and it was okay. And I think a lot of it was because I didn't know what I was getting into, and there's like 47 B-plots, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So it's a lot to take in that first, first time. And I probably watched four or five episodes that first time, and i hadn't been back until yesterday <clears throat> and 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 my first 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 impressions was like why the hell do these guys like this show so much <laughs> this is just 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 a drama that's weird you know like this is just a a normal i mean no offense i just you know it was just another 90s drama that had some weird things in it, some quirky things. And so I'm like, why does everyone like this? I don't, I don't know. It was a lot for me to take in that first time. But then yesterday I rewatched it and I'll be honest again, I having, you know, spent some time in the town and with the characters, I fucking, I damn near cried all the way through that first episode. I, I was so emotionally, Attached to everyone, um, like just the, the parents, Ray Wise and, and the wife, just having to deal with. I mean, I was in it, I, I felt all the drama of it the actual writing of the drama, the, yeah, the,
0: pure, the pure dread. Yeah,
2: I yeah. really felt at that time because I, you know, I wasn't too busy thinking about why my friends were so weird and dumb for liking this show. <laughs> But I but I really was into it and like all hundred and, you know, all 90 minutes of it. And it was like dramatically powerful. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. And then I went ahead and I jumped to, I don't know, episode six, maybe where I was, six, seven and eight. And I finished out the first season and it was dang good. Dang it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's... It's. I think I've watched a pilot, I watched it again last night, just to brush up on where it ends in the story, because I didn't want to, like, you know, if we just did, like, a even if we did a first season podcast, this would be a five-hour podcast, so I wanted to really try to limit myself to remembering where the first, uh, the pilot episode ends, and the second episode begins, so I wouldn't bleed too much into it, but... Um, and then I watched it maybe two months ago, some, you know, times are relevant right now when, uh, there's a pandemic one month feels like six, but six feels like one. And, um, Nikki was, she had originally started watching it and sort of lost interest. So we went back and started it over again and she made it about three and then, uh, sort of dropped out and I don't expect her to like something just because I do. So I'm glad that she's being honest and she's like, I don't, I, I'm just not into it, which is fine. But, uh, you know, I've watched, like I said, I've watched it in under different circumstances like three times in the last couple months. And uh, it's, like you said, when you go back and watch it after you've seen it and you know these characters so well, it is uh, a little more impactful because it's just so much to take in the first time. Like when I've, when I've watched it for the first time, everybody I knew that enjoyed this show was just, were horror fans were like my friends who were into horror so I was like oh you know David Lynch this is probably gonna be really dark and and gritty and grimy and uh, a, more of a horror show than you watch it and like Jason said I was like oh, oh my friend my friend John who's like super into uh, he's like a, a crust punk and a shaved head and likes yeah. you know really dark he likes Gigi Allen and, and gross oh. things and loud music wow. he, he's very He's very, uh, very anti-establishment, and he's like, you know, Twin Peaks is awesome. You need to watch it and watch it. I'm like, John likes this, you know, but it, I probably had the same reaction Jason did, and then i I kept watching through the first season. Then I found myself into the second season. And I'm like, okay, maybe I really do like this. And then it's now it's like my favorite show of all time, besides maybe Seinfeld, right up there with Seinfeld. But, uh, it's just, yeah, like as you get introduced to almost every single character in the town in this for real one pilot episode you get about you know three minutes with some of them not even that 30 seconds with some of them um but i i think from the very first time i saw him i knew i would never like james he's the worst oh james Hurley. yeah i mean we see him sitting in class and he breaks the pencil i think that's the first time we see him he's sort of staring yeah and you know the the uh, the cop walks in to l- look for uh, – who's he looking for? Uh, Bobby, I think. Bobby
3: Briggs, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's looking for Bobby uh, for questioning, and he's he has that pencil clenched, and he snaps it. It's just – even in this world, uh, the the performance of – his performance, his character, he has, like, this forehead that goes for miles, something <laughs> about him. I just – I, 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 he's oh, supposed I, to be sympathetic, but I, he is my least favorite character on this show.
2: He's my second least favorite actor. I don't mind the character, but.
0: And like Mike was saying earlier about some of the over the top performances and stuff, like rewatching it again uh, last night, it's just. I, I just, in my head, I'm like, what would it be like? I, I just imagine what it was like filming this because. <laughs> it's not like anything else and it's like how does lynch get this out of people because they have to be doing it and going well this isn't right is it like am i supposed to be going nuts is this line correct this can't be right what and it's it took a, a big cast of people who just sort of got it to do it right
1: yeah i mean lynch lynch is lucky that way of of surrounding himself with people that uh either a understand his material and what he's going for, or B just put that much trust in him. Um, you know, and, and, you know, actors like Ray Weiss and his breakdown, or like I mentioned Dana Ashbrook earlier had to have put a lot of faith in, in, um, Lynch. And, and I, I've said this before on, on our other show that, uh, uh, I'm not one. I don't feel it's my place to critique acting. I feel like a lot of people out there who do like movie reviews and stuff like that, have no place to critique acting. Um, one of my pet peeves was like, Oh, the the movie's so bad. Cause the acting is horrible. I'm like, you don't, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> right. Like, well, first of all, let's see you act. And second of all, like you don't know the reasons behind that performance. And these are obviously because we've seen all these actors do performances and other things. So we all know they have the chops. This could come off as borderline bad acting, but it's all Some choices. And I think this is a great example of what I've been talking about for a long time now, as far as acting and performances and how you can't always blame the actor. A lot of it's on the director or even the writer. Even sometimes the editor. But uh <clears throat> um So it has to be a lot of faith uh, in these actors and trusting Lynch. Uh, And and then obviously it worked. And obviously it worked. Um, You know, a lot of these people had bigger careers after this show. Uh, The show was a hit. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's just, I mean, I just keep going back to it. It's just like, and I like what you said about, you know, them either trusting Lynch or because it's not it's not like a happy accident like it wasn't like they had bad acting and then the show just caught on like that's happened you know the room is a hit because it's bad acting because it's so bad it's funny you know what i mean and uh that whole movie in general but this is not on that level because he lynch goes back to all these actors and other projects you know uh, mclaughlin was like his his muse for a long time he goes back to him and you know use them in other projects and you you see these people pop up and other stuff and grace Sabritsky. it's just, right and harry mm. dean stanton and there's just so many different characters throughout the series that he's used in other projects and and that have gone on to do way big things when you know they were on the show they were super young or fresh and you know it's it's to me anything it's either that everything was completely intentional by Lynch or he's just like you said. And a lot of people sort of feel like Lynch in general just sort of sits back and watches the chaos and it's all a joke on us. Like, you know, we're sitting here talking for an hour and a half about this pilot episode when he's just sort of sitting back. It means nothing to him. You know, people analyze his stuff for days on end and some people feel like, you know, it's, it's all a waste of time because None of it means anything to him. Yeah, I think like, he, I think
3: he enjoys making people
0: read way too much into his shit. <laughs>
3: oh yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: there's that famous there's that famous interview that people quote all the time where people misquote it. It's like a meme now, and it's like you know, uh, I can't even remember the original line, but it was like you know, do you say that um, Eraserhead head is like so and so. You know, the the biggest your, your most uh, elaborate film and this, and, you know, it's deep and all this happens. It's like, can you elaborate? And Lynch simply replies, no, he just, <laughs> says, no. <laughs> and uh, so people of course have, have taken that, you know, and, and added their own long question. And then Lynch just replying no. Cause he's, he's just sort of notorious for that.
1: Believe it or not, Eraserhead is my most
0: spiritual film mm-hmm uh, why, why, elaborate on that no
1: i don't <laughs> um n- uh, no Please. one no one uh, sees it uh. there's
0: a moment like i said i'm not going to spoil anything but there's a moment in this series where i was watching it, it, it obviously it's going to have to be the the return because i was watching it live as it aired and i was watching the internet react and i kept wondering when i was watching the return it was sort of like uh uh, the last drive-in where people are interacting online—it has such a cult following. People are watching live and interacting on Twitter. But there was a moment in the return that was happening, and I was watching it unfold, and I just kept thinking, "Oh no, oh no!" People are gonna go livid, and the internet was blowing up. People were so mad at Lynch, and it was just so funny to watch because I'm just, you know, I, I just did not take it as seriously as some people. But I could just imagine him sitting at home, like, cackling, like, oh, I'm just so excited to do this to people. Like, (laughs) people always have expectations, and he always takes that left turn. Like, it's almost like you're setting yourself up for disappointment if you think you're going to get an outcome you want in a David Lynch project at all. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh surprises, um since I saw the movie that they were both in before I ever watched uh um Twin Peaks, but uh Big Ed Hurley and Nadine. Uh you got you you guys saw the movie that they were in before this, right? Which one's that? The people under the stairs.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, and and nadine is probably one of my favorite characters i i get a kick out of her i think she's hilarious
1: that brings a question i want to ask of everybody uh, what are their favorite characters in this show and i'll start um <laughs> mine uh, my... i see that
0: coming out in you
1: <laughs> yeah um mine is a pretty cookie cutter answer probably but uh I'm going to go with uh, Cooper and um, Harry um, to me, those, those two characters. Well, first of all, like Cooper has so much charisma in this show. Just,
0: just, Oh yeah. I,
1: I mean, you think he's going to be like the serious FBI guy and lay down the law and whatnot. Then that, that Kyle McLaughlin smile creeps in and I'm just like, Oh, and he's just, He's just so adorable and
0: so, so fucking charming and handsome and just quirky. Yeah.
1: Quirky, you know, just his love for pie and coffee. Um, you know, the little things he obsesses over. I mean,
0: again, the thumbs up
3: he gives people every now and then, you know, just the little.
1: Again, in the pilot, when like when he first meets Harry and they're having that conversation in the hallway of the hospital and, um, And, uh, and Cooper's just like, you know, I I just got to talk to you for a minute. And they stop and it's like, you know, now that I'm here and I'm in charge and, and all this and that, and the other thing. And, and Harry's like, Hey, like I said before, we're just happy you're here. And then he gets that smile on his face and starts asking about the trees, you know? And to me, like the dynamic between those two is awesome because it flips kind of the trope of that time of like small town cop f you know big city fbi guy comes in fbi guy's fbi guy's a dick and like you know always
0: the cops all hate him yeah
1: exactly but this flips it and just you know i'm always waiting for that that moment to turn for cooper and it never really does at least not that i've seen up to this point uh,
0: right they're all like enamored by him and what his his un his unusual tactics on solving things yeah
1: yeah um yeah. and so so those are why my they're my favorite and and even though like so far what i've seen harry is is a, is kind of sort of two-dimensional stereotype small town sheriff character but man I think I said this on the misery episode of our podcast where I just love, I just love that trope. I love small town sheriff guys that are just, everybody loves the guy and like he comes off as podunk, but he's actually really smart and, and just (laughs) him him trusting so much in Cooper and everything throughout this whole thing. And that's, to me, that's refreshing as well. And I got to admit, like this is a show that I'm we're, that I'm watching for the first time in a day and age where we can marathon a whole show. Right. And I and I mistakenly do that with so many shows <laughs> um, to the point where I'm like, I should have gone to bed hours ago. But I pace myself with this show. um, Not that it's a bad show, but I feel like one of the things that allows me to turn it off is, I, you know, even though I'm sucked into who killed Lori Palmer? And then all these little subplots is, you know, why is this person this way? What's going on over here? Is the fact that like all the characters to me, with the exception of Cooper and, and Harry, they feel rather unrelatable for me just because so many of them are so quirky and over the top and stuff. It's not like watching Stranger Things. And I can relate to those kids when I was a kid in the 80s. And then I, I can marathon the whole thing because I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen with these kids? Uh-huh. You know I don't really feel that with Twin Peaks. I'm still invested and I still really like it. But there's there's a lot of disconnect between me and most of the characters in the show because because they're so quirky and stuff. I want to keep watching them because they're quirky and whatever. But it, it I cannot I, I I have the ability of turning it off at two in the morning and and avoiding the next episode until I get some sleep.
2: Yeah, for me, it's a million times over. Cooper. I mean, he's just the best, and he's positive and happy and awesome and quirky. But my my definite second place, and I and I couldn't not do this episode or talk about Twin oh, Peaks. I know, where, you know without, where you're going. Without talking about Hank Jennings. Um, oh, Chris Mulkey chris mulkey yeah why is
1: that jason why do you like Uh, hank so much (laughs) because you and i
2: are friends with that fellow we made a movie and he was the lead character in it and got to spend a month and month and a half with
1: that guy and Uh, i'll i'll uh, admit that moment we first see him on the show i i cheered loudly and
2: it's weird i don't know about you but like uh even 20 years before we met him he's Still doing the little things with his face and his <laughs> voice that he did in our movie. All and... those all those
3: oh, Man. I, I do have a I do have a confession to make. Um when uh after I saw Moki, you know, in this episode and he had like the domino and everything, I actually made a domino uh keychain from an old domino. Uh-huh. And it's uh uh-huh. Yeah. And so yeah, it's my Tip of the cap to well, my very cheap tip of the cap to Twin Peaks and that <laughs> character.
2: Yeah, it's just so. So great to see.
1: yours I'm is young. bias.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> Mine does. And, up, and
1: yes. if if Chris, you're listening, you are also my favorite character.
2: Oh, yeah. Too late.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's almost unfair to count Cooper because who doesn't love Cooper on this one? Right. Uh, but and and maybe this is not a right answer because we're talking to pilot, but I mean, the log lady is just so crazy. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, that's not really a deep developed character, especially in the first episode. We just sort of get a glance of her at the, uh, sort of town meeting. There's a very but, big
2: scene with her later in the first season. That's
0: crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just a very Lynchian character that you would not see in any other soap opera. So, um, <laughs> I will just say that I like her because she's so very strange. Andy, I, what what's your favorite character?
3: I would say, I mean, I I I also have to lean towards uh Coop. Um mainly because everything that you guys have already mentioned, but um I'm a big fan of uh Pete Martel. He's a character that you just want to give a, just a big hug to. You know, because he's just he's so genuine and he's so warm and he's such a good person. Um, I also like I said, I enjoy Nadine. I mean, she's like a female ginger <laughs> roided out Royd Rage snake pliskin. I mean, I think she's awesome. <laughs> um
0: and she's uh, she's uh trying to get the um
3: The Drape Runners, the the, the silent drape, drape runners. Run. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a strange
0: thing to write into the story, you know. It's just um, so perfectly Twin Peaks.
3: Uh and of course I, I, I already mentioned um Audrey Horn. Um the, the wife actually uh watched the the whole series with me. And I can say with probably the most confidence, her favorite character is probably she really liked Hawk, Deputy Hawk, but I don't, I don't, I can't remember if he's in the pilot or not.
0: I think kind of he, in the background, I don't
3: know if he really, cause I know he's in the
1: scene where they first interrogate uh, Dana Ashbrook at the school. He's there. Yeah. Yeah. That's. So right. I don't know if, he, he, if he's ever really introduced or has any lines within the pilot.
0: Oh, the, From what I read my- in a pilot, he, um, his character was originally i forget the maybe it was like bernie hill or something it was a a black cop and then he got cast and they changed the character to hawk
1: nice
0: but i also forgot i i really like lucy too she is very yeah. uh adorable and sort of annoying at times but hilarious I'm guessing you guys don't agree. I'm oh, trying yeah. to remember which one she.
3: Timmy Oh, the yeah.
0: secretary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's like yeah. Uh, Lucy Moran. The f- I'm going to transfer you to the phone, the <laughs> one by the couch that's red, not the black one that's on the table by the other phone. Uh, and, you know, uh, I got some donuts for you. I got some jelly donuts for for Mister Cooper. Um, you know, and I make some fresh coffee. And they're like, Lucy, don't listen to us even
1: yes. her introduction during some of the most serious moment the one of the most serious moments of the whole episode probably the whole series you know when they get the call about the dead body there's this look she gives the sheriff when she's like when he when he's like no don't say anything to anyone all knowing that she's the blabbermouth of the town and like she's gonna she has this look on her face like she's about ready to explode wanting to scream at the top of her lungs the, the information she's just been given, you know, it it's, it's, it's a little moment that I found funny in a very dark um, moment of the show. But, uh, uh, and, and maybe because rewatching it again today, I was already familiar with that character. Maybe that's why it was funny to me now. Cause I know what she's like, but uh, yeah, I just, yeah, she's definitely a great comic relief. Maybe the she's series. just
2: really excited to go stack up them donuts. What's that about? <laughs> weird
0: answer. yeah it's and <laughs> it's uh, yeah there's definitely a lot of that in this show that's like the obsession with donuts uh coffee cherry pie Yeah. uh there's just some weird things that don't make a whole lot of sense that are just just lynchisms i guess and the funny thing is those are the, those little things that don't pertain to the story in any way are the things that people latch on to and you'll see a fucking you know, you go to Etsy and there's a hundred t-shirts with a piece of cherry pie, you know, and yeah. a, and a twin peaks logo. And it's just like, damn fine. Stuff. Right. People latch onto that stuff. And I, I guess it's because it's, it's quirky and unusual, but um, I just, I feel like
1: really Lynch was playing with every stereotype and trope that, was in this type of show at the time, you know, and you yeah, know, murder
0: mysteries everybody knows, like 10, yeah. to 11.
1: Yeah. It was like, Oh, co- uh, cops like coffee and donuts. So like, so like, let's, <laughs> let's make it such a big device through this whole series, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. I, I really feel like he, it's a lot of satire and a lot, but in a Lynch version of satire where um, it, it's, it comes off more weird than it does funny. Um, But it it just really feels like... I mean, going even back to the score and the music to me even feels rather satirical i mean the score is great and it's beautiful i'll i'll be honest with you as much as now as much as i love the score and i do love the music
0: it's very repetitive oh yeah
1: that's that's why you can
2: skip the intro because you're going to hear it for the 97 other minutes of the
0: there's there's about three different themes they use okay yeah there's uh, themes and and through how many seasons
1: so um Oh. I, I have a lot of issue. I, nothing kills music for me faster than repetition. Oh boy! I don't listen the to top. I've never listened the to top forty radio because that's to me that's the death of music because you hear the same five songs all day long. So, as well written and as as well as good as the score and the theme and all that is, I kind of sort of hate it at the same time because it's just over and over and over again. And it's 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 more than also just repetition. The mix on it. It's like dominating it's a little hot it is really overpowering and i feel like all of that is on purpose because it just i always flash back to like these old sctv skits where they would do um satire of, of soap operas and stuff and it was kind of the same thing where like just really loud music over the
0: top uh-huh. Yeah, Over- dramatic music comes in.
1: Dramatic music, which is overpowers the rest of the scene and everything, and so it feels it, 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 when it flashes back to like SCTV skits for me. I feel like this has <laughs> got to be in, on purpose and intentional. For that, I respect it, but at the same time, I will never listen to the
0: soundtrack. <laughs> I find myself listening to the Return score because they sort of uh, they redid the score and they don't use a lot of the. They use a a whole lot of new music, Hmm. and other than the theme, I I mean, they still do use the three themes, but it's not driven in like it is on the first two seasons. But uh, I'm a it's a maybe it's not a guilty pleasure because I don't like using that term, but I I'm okay with it. It's it's comforting uh, because I throw on Twin Peaks now if I'm working on something and I don't need to pay attention, I'll throw it on, and it's like comfort it's like white noise to me at this point that music is yeah
1: absolutely and i get it yeah it's just 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 my own um my own issues with life is just like it's too it's done too much and it killed it for me
2: but like you said it being lynch it does feel intentional and so that by the end of season two like it's probably going to mean something different to you
1: i feel like every time like the the one theme where it's it's kind of somber and sappy that's playing, I, I feel like Lynch is laughing his ass off in the editing <laughs> at the editing bay when he when he throws that in there, even though it's written to not be that that's not the intent of it, but the fact that it's used over over and over again, um, certain places where it's used I was seems say, inappropriate, yeah, very
2: unintentional or maybe in, intentional, but like it's neat, uh, just to see it, one piece of music work on several different scenes and create different emotional responses and what the music and how it plays with that scene being the same damn song over and over.
1: But it, it but it's still, it's really, it, it is really good music. I'm not take you know, I don't want to take anything away from the music. It really reminds me a lot of, you know, what we just did on our last commentary episode. It, it kind of reminds me of, of that kind of stuff
0: um just as a tip while we're on the music subject if you are at a bar that has uh the (laughs) the uh what do you call it It? something tunes those uh jukebox that you can play on your phone Um, touch tunes i think is what it's called you can pay like a dollar and pick any music there is a (laughs) like 25 minute mix that has all of the Twin Peaks themes into one song and it's like a dollar to play. Oh. If you play it at Buffalo Wild Wings, the manager will shut off all the sound <laughs> and give you your money back.
2: <laughs> Tested and proven. That's one of my favorite sad yes. stories. <laughs>
0: I did that probably last summer because um, my friend noah is a bartender and i we sat down and i was going through and it's sort of my mo to place to find really weird songs on there that should not be on a bar jukebox <laughs> um including the shin my, my classic go-to is a Shindler's list theme because that bums everybody <laughs> out but um i found this really long uh twin peaks one and i start playing it and then suddenly like they turned on tennis with the sound and I was like, that's what's up. And so the manager was sort of beating around the bush. I know him too. (laughs) And he was like, Oh no, man, someone asked to turn, turn on the, they're watching the tennis match. I'm like, you're full of shit and that's okay. Like, he's like, well, you sort of brought the mood down. And I'm like, you don't like crying while you're eating your wings. Um, you know, and he's like, he's like, he's like, if it's that big of a deal, I'll give you a dollar back. I'm like, I'll take the dollar, but it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have the music. And he's like, Well, I, I, dude, you can't do that. I'm like, like You got to take it off your jukebox, In
2: All of it proves I win, is what it <laughs> says.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> glorious, man. And, and there is ways, um, also, you don't even have to be at the bar. You can connect to it and oh. you can play it from your home at the bar. So, um, oh, no. you know. Yeah, it became a long running joke at Buffalo Wild Wings where the employees when they were not at work would play Sandstorm by Darude, you know, that old uh techno <laughs> song. They would play it, they would spend like ten dollars and play it for like three hours straight and Oh jeez. Uh yeah. Just it just became like a long running joke until the point where a manager had to step in and be like, You guys gotta knock it off your People don't want to come in here when that song is looping. But um, <laughs> yeah, just so you know that most jukeboxes, touch tune, uh, ju- <laughs> jukeboxes do have the Twin Peaks music and you can play it for like a dollar. But um, yeah, we sort of, I mean, not that we are going to go through this pilot episode beat for beat, but I feel like we've sort of not really even touched about what happens this episode. So I'm going to just basically break down as like, like a twin peaks pilot for dummies. Basically they find Laura Palmer, um, wrapped in plastic, know, right. Wrapped in plastic. Uh, we meet Bobby who's instantly a suspect cause he's a raging dickhead. Um, you know, we're, we're getting to know characters in twin peaks who are all, um, sleeping with someone else behind their husband or wife's backs. Everybody's fucking each other. And, it's all drama um everybody right it's like you know james is riding a motorcycle bobby has a motorcycle um and then we're introduced to cooper who's an fbi agent he comes to town to help solve the murder after they find a girl who was um, raped and tortured walking across a railroad bridge run Polanski. yes and we uh you know cooper comes in to investigate that because they think it's connected she has ropes tied around her hands um so that's how we're introduced to Cooper. He comes in. He meets uh, he meets this psychiatrist who was seeing Laura Palmer. He's slowly learning, you know, uh, he's getting to meet everybody involved, and he's using these very unique ways of investigation because I you know, as a FBI agent, he would, but even for an FBI agent, he's using very non-traditional means digging in the fingernails and doing. Like you said, just he's known for doing very unique um, methods for finding Unorthodox, stuff. Um, right? He's watching footage that, there's some footage of the last time people saw Laura and she's hanging out and he sees a reflection of a motorcycle in her eye on the footage and they don't know who shot it. So they're trying to figure that out. Um, there's a bunch of Norwegians at the hotel. Um, <laughs> there's a big conference going on and Audrey ruins the conference and they all end up leaving ruins the deal. Um, then there's a gold necklace that has a half of a heart on it that Laura had on her. And they're trying to find who has the other half because, you know, we're going to solve who who killed Laura Palmer right away. If we find that other half of the heart, you know, we find out that who has it and they bury it, you know, and it's sort of the episode sort of ends with this big breakthrough of a hand reaching down and grabbing the other half of the necklace that's been buried. We don't know whose glove hand it is. It's very uh like uh Twin Peaks Giallo because it's not a black leather glove. It's a brown <laughs> leather black, 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 black <laughs> black glove. But it's like whose hand is that, you know? And um but yeah it's basically the first the, like I said, the first episode we just sort of get to get the the uh very minute details of who's sleeping with who and who likes who and who's married to who in Twin Peaks. And it's, it could be anybody, but you know, we're sort of leaning towards, we know that Bobby has something to do with it. Um, just, yeah, there's, there's so many fun characters in this, but you know, we don't, it definitely leaves it with an open end, at least the yeah. U S version. Yeah, there's no shortage As- of red herrings. As we,
3: uh, uh, speaking of like fish or herring or whatever, um, I'm, I still want to know who put the fish in the percolator.
0: Yeah. That's another line that people (laughs) latch onto. Um, if you're, if you're in the shit, the shit posting groups online for Twin Peaks, they are a blast because there's just so much to work with people making memes and, uh, you know, cross posting with other weird, like Tim and Eric and, uh, Twin Peaks together is so perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's just some really fun stuff out there.
2: Pete's not a uh, Murray. That's weird, <laughs> right? I thought he was right at first. He looks like a Murray. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying.
1: I always, every time I see, oh, okay. I just, I just remembered. Like, where every time, every time I see him in Twin Peaks, I'm like, where do I know him from? And like the whole day to day watching it, I'm like, where do I know him from? And I'm refusing to look. It just hit me. He plays the owner of the um, of the water skiing camp in Meatballs
0: Four. Of course, duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah common knowledge.
2: Meatballs, right?
0: It's like the second reference to Meatballs 4 I've seen out of you this week. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Someone else asked what their favorite, what Corey, favorite Corey Feldman movie. And you said Meatballs 4. And
2: that might be Heck his yeah. pick for you to watch. You don't know. Oh, ho, ho,
0: ho. Um, <laughs> don't do that to me. Um, <laughs> it's so good, Yeah, I'm telling
2: you. Oh, it's good.
0: I, I so I was I was looking yeah. through the IMDb trivia just to find some unique stuff that um, to this show, and most of it was from later episodes. So you know, if we end up doing any more, I can talk about it then. But one I one fact I found that was very interesting that I saw on several sites was that Spielberg was a huge fan of the show, and oh, wow. was original. Yeah, he was originally set to direct the first episode of the second season. Whoa! Um, of course, David Lynch stepped in and said he wanted to do it and because of scheduling like that was the only available time spielberg could direct an episode so lynch pretty much cock blocked him nice. yeah and stepped in and did it and then spielberg never got to direct one but i just I can't imagine how interesting that would have been yeah,
2: yeah. So doing something that weird yeah no well i doubt. think
0: you
3: know with his you know his track record with jaws and and stuff like duel i think he could probably make a dang good uh twin peaks episode yeah absolutely hook
0: (laughs) damn good yeah well he ended up using some of those actors like later in his uh filmography he ended up using some of the twin Peaks actors in his movies
1: oh yeah true true um i I also like with the pilot and again trying to stick with the pilot but i like how there's some like very minor characters that become bigger plot points as the series, go, series goes on. Yeah. Uh, you know, you guys made me think of this. You guys mentioned the uh, psychiatrist earlier with the uh, Dr. obnoxiously Dr. Kobe oversized earplugs in his ears. What the hell was that? Of, of and
3: the 3D glasses. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's got like one scene in this pilot and you think he's just a throwaway character, but he comes really important character down yeah. the road. And uh, so I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm hoping in season two the kid that starts breakdancing in the hallway
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. becomes a bigger character. Oh, well. yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he spoiler, done, he, he, he killed Laura Pond. I damn knew it! Damn it! It's sweet Thank move. You. She just couldn't take it.
3: I, I was going to say, they had a dance-off, and she just collapsed. So we wrapped <laughs> her up and threw her in the river.
2: I'll tell you, the one thing that really made me agree to this challenge was <laughs> you being able to answer... Yes to the question: Do we find out who killed Laura Palmer? Because I don't know if I would have watched it if we didn't. You know what I mean? And it would not
1: surprise us in the least if Lynch never revealed. That. Oh yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I, we made, not. I was going to bring up how we, how we how you met your mother as an example of this question. It's literally the title, and you go in for nine yeah. damn seasons waiting for this one answer but yeah and then they hated that answer hey see so i'm glad that it gets i'm glad that we get to learn
0: but it definitely becomes i don't know it's it's definitely the central plot but as the other side stories and you guys are finished with the first season so it's not a a spoiler in any ways the the side stories thicken so much that oh, I bet. the Laura Palmer case just becomes a background thing. You know what I mean? Oh, like, absolutely. Like, there's
1: been moments there's throughout enough. this season where I'm like, Oh yeah. Who killed Lori Palmer?
0: Right. Like, yeah. Why is, why is Cooper, why is Cooper here? Cause you know, he's doing all kinds of other stuff and gets mixed up in other shit. And uh, yeah, it's, and watching it. And like you were talking about earlier, watching it in the day and age where we can just binge things and watch one after another is, you know i can see this being why it was a big hit at the time because it does leave something open at the end of every episode not and it's not like you you said it's not like you know stranger things or something where you just have to tune into the next episode right away but um you can imagine in 1990 like people you know would talk around the water cooler and be like i can't wait till tuesday night to catch twin peaks you know see what See if this is the episode where we find out who killed Laura Palmer. Like I said before,
3: cliffhangers had power to them, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, just like I said before, it feels like this show is from another time, out of place in time. But I think it could have
2: only worked at the time. Oh, that's one cliffhanger. Oh, my goodness. We need to wrap this up so I can go watch, (laughs) start watching season two.
0: I want to know. I guess I don't know if this is a, a good idea or a bad idea. Andy, don't even hint at any kind of reaction. I want to know who you guys write at this point. Oh, no. Think Mike, who who do you think killed Laura Palmer? Oh
2: no. Why would you shit, do that? I don't know. I, I I to give Mike time stalling. Uh <laughs> I I really 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 my entire life. I really try hard to not look ahead. I really don't. I'm, I'm not, I've i am never, ever, ever been one to try to figure out the mystery. I promise. I'm not trying to get out of this question, but I swear I, I really don't try to look ahead. I, so I I can't even say I've thought about it. I'm just letting the story come to me, but that's my,
0: and that's, that's no, it oh. might be a non-answer, but that's a, that's fine before oh, an answer is oh, there's goodness. no rules,
2: but Mike, you have to answer log lady.
0: Oh, see, that's a bull crap.
2: You just trying well, I, to go she to the beat extreme. her over the head with the log. Could be, I guess. That, you, now, I don't I, believe that you believe.
1: I that. don't know. I feel like I still don't have enough to hold on to. I, I, I either feel one way or the other. Like I still don't have enough information. Versus the information I do have seems too obvious.
2: Uh, obviously, yeah. So I,
1: I, I honestly, <laughs> I couldn't. I, I can't answer it.
2: Nice
0: try. I'm the second season, I think, is like 18 episodes, which is just super heavy. But it's it's definitely, you know, people think it has, you know, some of the highest highs and the lowest lows. But I think it's a blast. I enjoy it. I don't get a lot of the hate for it. And um, it's part of the journey to get to The Return, which many consider to be the best season of television ever created because uh, Lynch filmed it as one long movie and then they just cut it into episodes and he wrote and directed every episode and they just flow into each other. There's not really outside of a little thing they put at the end of every episode. There's not really, you know, it's very, you can definitely tell it was filmed um, as sort of like one big project rather than episodic and that he had a vision. So I would definitely you know, have you guys on once you get, or yeah, just have you on when you get to the return, because it's so goddamn good. <laughs> I've peeked ahead at the uh-huh. cast
2: and like, holy crap, there are some heavy hitter names on there.
0: Well, outside of, yeah, the fact that he got almost every single person back for the third season that, you know, make that lives through the, the show. Um, he just, he brings in some really weird, unique names. Yeah. I mean, Michael Sarah's in it and, uh, and, and, there's yeah, there's, there's a character uh, called
2: the man from another place, Mike.
0: There's a Skeet Ulrich a, is in it, um, dude. Yeah. Skeet, so yeah, it's yeah. it's like um, Twin Peaks on on like a uh, higher level. Like Lynch got completely. Like Showtime basically gave him a dump truck of money and said, "Make whatever the hell you want." And I love it. Like Has
2: he made them regret that.
1: why do people keep doing that for lynch do they not understand i mean not taking anything away the man makes amazing stuff but right how how i i just don't get it like they have to know it's such a major risk with what
0: and what's interesting about that is originally they announced it you know twin peaks a return is it's coming to showtime it was a huge deal huge 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 deal people were going nuts over it because it had this cult following and they were just excited that everybody was coming back and then lynch sort of came out and was like well sorry showtime pulled the plug because they didn't want to give me my full budget and didn't want to give me creative control or something and so the backlash was like absolutely crazy so then showtime came back was like we're sorry we're sorry here's everything you want and he played that game and got everything he wanted out of it and i don't think they made notes they didn't do anything they're basically and the episodes aren't even like all the same length i mean he basically just did what the fuck he wanted and it's it cool. really shows it's fantastic
2: all right we'll <laughs> get there we'll get there <laughs> yep
0: but you have to get through some of the weird zany shit in season 2 where you're going to i mean if you think some of the stuff in season 1 is oh, is man. weird and quirky season 2 has some moments where it's too much for some people. Like some people really hate some of the stuff, but I, I love it.
1: I think you made Jason nervous. He just got real Definitely nervous,
2: but you didn't me, let me I'm down on this one. Yeah. Thanks for making us watch it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I, when you told me that you, when I talked to you, like briefly afterwards, we've, we've made a conscious effort not to talk about it until we were on here. Yeah. Um, i i you you were sort of like well you know mike so this far and i'm this far and i'm like oh shit so you guys watched more than the pilot i you know i was happy that because that meant you at least did not absolutely hate it right it doesn't mean that you loved it it doesn't mean that you even really liked it but you gave it more than a chance and you enjoyed it enough and i know uh, brandy's a fan too so Mm Are you in trouble for skipping ahead without her?
1: No, I've been watching it. I've, I've been watching it with her. So Okay, yeah. good. So that's kind of where I'm still at, where I'm at, just because we haven't watched it together in a while.
2: But as soon as Tina hears this, I'm going to get in trouble. So thanks a lot. Thanks a lot
0: for <laughs> saying that. <laughs> I was going to say, is she watch it?
2: She has not. I don't think so. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. She's definitely yeah, one of those, if it gets popular, she says, Eep, nope.
0: I've, I've asked like people, um, that I know, like I've asked my parents stuff. I'm like, you know, did you watch this at all in the nineties? Cause they, I remember growing up, we watched a lot of TV as a family. That was like what you did. You know, I wrote, I went out and rode my bike every night with my friends until the streetlights came on. Then I go home and, you know, Friday night was, uh we would watch tgif and then when that ended you'd throw in monster vision and that was my weekend okay. you know and uh i was like you know mom i can i can imagine my mom liking this not my dad at all It would be too weird for him but i can imagine my mom liked a lot of of uh weird quirky stuff but they never got into it and i think about that like this was they loved unsolved mysteries. They loved um, America's Most Wanted and cops and that kind of stuff. And not that this is you know hand in hand with that, but definitely I feel like if you love unsolved mysteries, you probably love Twin Peaks.
2: Sure, murder mysteries.
0: Yeah, like at the, they're you know from the same time and just have that same feeling to them. I don't know, but um, it's weird because I just don't know anybody who watched this when it originally aired. Yeah, I
2: really wished I had. It would have. You could oh tell God, it would have TV been even better. better. Yeah,
0: I'll have to send you guys the clips from when it was SNL because it's so funny. Oh, and it was such a big hit. I think in like Japan that uh, Kyle MacLachlan did like a lot of commercials as Agent Cooper in Japan for coffee. Oh, wow. They did like a Twin Peaks <laughs> coffee. Uh, so there's yeah. really funny commercials.
2: It's all about him. I love that dude. He's so good in this,
1: and, and yes. I love him and everything. And that does include the Flintstones movie. So
0: yes, and oh, and, and showgirls, and what? And showgirls. Oh yes, yeah. With Ooh. that horrible hair and the fake tan, <sighs> <laughs> and
1: also back around in How I Met Your Mother. Yay! He was on that show for a while.
0: Yeah. In Portlandia, he is so funny in Portlandia. Oh, I
1: forgot about him being in Portlandia. Yeah, the mayor, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> the crazy mayor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so great.
1: See, and my knowledge of um kyle with lynch is blue velvet which is probably my favorite lynch movie um so going into this and seeing so much more of a light-hearted uh, fun-loving character oh. like like cooper caught me off guard at first because i was you know used yeah. to seeing him all more way more somber and weird and uh and blue velvet he's so endearing oh yeah
0: yeah he plays you know he, he has pretty good range um but I'm just glad that he didn't, for such an iconic show and such an iconic character, he didn't get stuck with that. Like, uh, someone was talking about that online recently with other, like, Rain Wilson. Um, they tried to make him a thing after The Office, but no one could see him as anything but Dwight. So all of his movies sort of flopped. And Michael Richards after Seinfeld, it was hard for him to get work because everybody just saw Kramer. So I'm glad sure. that he wasn't stuck as Dale Cooper, you know?
2: Yeah. I'm still not convinced that the person he's talking to on the tape machine is real.
1: I, that that, there's always thought that too. Having
2: just went through the first season again, I feel like I only counted one instance where he was like, send me those earplugs. And then he's like, I got those earplugs and that was it but i'm like but the thing is you know like and this and he's
1: not talking on a freaking cell phone or anything he's recording his tapes which is, uh, i'm uh, i'm assuming then he has to mail out yeah and then wait for so like and half the stuff he's saying on those tapes and the things he's wanting done is Ru- things that need to be way more instantaneous than like six to eight weeks for delivery
0: there's there's people who are listening to this that are um twin peaks fans and probably andy over there um biting his lip trying yeah i'm I'm sure uh, uh, i'm sure uh, it's uh, something
2: but it's it's been neat to to, i've I've been paying attention to so uh, yeah it's Uh, a fun little. yeah
0: well it's it's funny because it's like a way for us to get into his mind um without having him have to talk to someone else it's like just a he's he's speaking his mind out loud and it should it's like should be almost bad like this is a really dumb way to do it but it's so endearing for him because like he he's explaining you know i spent 421 at lunch if you're ever in the area diane right. you know yep. eat here and, yep. and pick up a piece yep. of pie it's damn good pie and we have remind me uh to see if these are douglas furs they're just beautiful yes. uh, Well, you're, you're even right. when he's in the town meeting talking to the sheriff and he's like you know i think i saw a jackrabbit today and he's like no that's a snow bunny or something and it's <gasps> He's like, oh, huh,
3: okay. And he, uh, he so gets very excited like
1: a small child. About- he's, <laughs> right. yeah, he's,
3: so incur- he's so curious about his uh, his environment and and what's going on. He's so invested in, into everything. And as for him, you know, speaking into you know that uh, tape recorder, it's not nearly as bizarre as a lady that's talking to a big chunk of wood okay so i mean i think i can handle him talking you know into yeah. the tape recorder
2: i'm just excited because it feels like it it's might be, be something. something yeah even uh, though it okay. really doesn't play that way it plays straight but then like once you spend time in this world you're like mm, that could be something
0: <laughs> yeah i mean like you said, it sort of just goes back to what we we're talking about at the beginning how everything has a purpose and everything you know everything's intentional but um one funny little thing I remembered that I was gonna bring up is in the uh, show when they drive when he drives in and we see the the sign it says welcome to Twin Peaks population fifty one thousand two hundred and one. Apparently Lynch, when he wrote the original draft of the first script, he wanted it to be five thousand one hundred and twenty. Yeah, and ABC was like oh, no, Like that's way too small of a town. They would never send FBI there to investigate a murder, like whatever. So they, uh, whoever, I I guess ABC or something, they they added a one at the end to make it 51,000. But in the books and in the script, he still kept it as 5,000. So he's, you know, he he considers the Twin Peaks to only be a population of 5,000, Lynch does in the show but you know we and they claimed that it was like some kind of typo or a mistake on the sign but from what i've read abc was insistent that they make it a bigger town which is such a weird minute little thing and
1: i'm sorry a wrong move on abc's part because absolutely with this pilot and like we said before in the first half of the show everybody in town is crying and freaking out about this dead teenage girl i'm just like i come from a town that was Probably around fifty thousand or whatever, and um, and I, I know my my high school principal wouldn't have given probably wouldn't even know who the hell the girl was, let alone break down crying after making an announcement about it.
3: Right, uh, a town of five thousand people is going to be you know, a lot more tight knit. That would make more sense, you know. yes. exactly. You know, are not
1: going to shut down the mill because a teenage girl <laughs> died.
0: Right. And it, went it was uh... Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Did anybody else have any um, thing that they liked from this episode or any any notes or anything that they remembered off the top of their head that they wanted to say here towards the end as we wrap up?
3: not um not necessarily uh for for the pilot but I did want to to elaborate on another character that I do like even though he's such a f- he plays such a rat bastard so good and that's Albert Rosenfeld played by uh Miguel Ferrer oh yeah and- now there's your
1: typical fbi agent character
3: he's such a son of a bitch but i mean it's just like i find myself drawn to him because he could just he he could just be such a bastard and he's, he's 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 really he's a really fun character to watch i
1: i love that actor anyway um you know robocop and you know so much other great stuff you know gone too soon obviously um but uh that moment when Cooper puts him in his place is
0: freaking awesome. That, that like yeah. I cheered at that moment. <laughs> and that's sort of what's awesome about Cooper is that he's so endearing and curious. He's like a little child, but when he has to and when he when he has to, you know, put someone in line or do his job, he does and it's almost like he takes a childlike satisfaction of catching somebody or finding something out. It's so funny. Like, you know, to think about especially you know we're probably timing this episode but right now where the country's sort of in turmoil about police brutality and stuff it's like if we had more cooper's things would be a lot better you know <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah we'd all have coffee and pie something. yeah exactly and, you know, and chill yeah. out and 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 appreciate each other
0: yeah so maybe that's the uh a good way to wrap it up you know <laughs> enjoy your uh Enjoy your damn fine pie and some damn fine coffee and and a donut. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoy, you know, it's, it's the little things that we have to sit and enjoy. And this show has a lot of those. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Um, I hope you had a good time and I'm glad that you like your first time watching. I'm glad I could get Andy on because he's been a big twin peaks fan for much longer than I have. And, you know, uh, it's good to get some insight from another big fan who's adored it for a long time, and uh, yeah, just great to have your insight. Yes, uh,
3: the the wife actually gave me uh, a Great Northern keychain and some uh, Twin Peaks uh, stationery uh, for my for my birthday, but she also gave me, um, and she went to this site where it shows you uh and she and she printed off all these eight by ten pictures and s- she wanted it you know before this whole covid madness took off and i'll try to keep this as brief as i can but she showed me all the uh sites that we could go to when we want to do some traveling so you know if i want to go to the double r if i want to go to the great northern if i want to go to you know the, the sheriff nice. station you know we can all do we i can do that I I know where exactly everything, all this shit is now (laughs) (laughs) and exactly how to get there. So,
0: yeah, I've posted some, some Twin Peaks stuff on Facebook and a volunteer at the Capitol, a friend of mine named Marty said he used to live by where the, uh, you know, the sawmill and the big waterfall and all that stuff where Mm -hmm. it was filmed. So uh, that's really cool that, you know, he has a connection to it because Outside of the horror world, it's like I feel like, like I said earlier, that I don't know anyone who really is familiar with the show. And Andy was like the first one that I was like, oh, he he likes it, too. And now I have two more friends that are are (laughs) uh, fans of it. And and there's nothing more I love than like watching you guys or hearing you guys watch it and what unfolds. And and especially like a show like this where uh, so much everything is sort of a mystery. So,
2: yeah, you should totally start a podcast that shares those. (laughs) Oh, wait. <laughs> hey, thanks for having us on. Yes, this was a blast. You're be yes. happy that you were the first person to get me to watch it in 30 years. So it's yes. an accomplishment.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us on and thanks for getting us to finally watch this. <laughs> glad of course. I was, and uh
3: glad I was, go ahead, sorry. Uh, glad I was the, the go to uh Twin Peaks guy that you
0: that you summoned
3: to talk about this.
0: So. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you are listening to this you probably already know about our other podcast but um i guess i'll give it over to uh jason or mike if you want to sort of plug the other podcast because you're technically guests and for i mean i guess some people might listen to this without knowing about the other ones so yeah you i might mean, as well
2: i guess it's possible that you have other friends i mean i don't know if <laughs> mike
0: I, not, I, if they don't know attack of the killer podcast they're not my fucking friends. there you go Good answer. <laughs>
2: and good segue yes obviously it's it's like getting the band back together when the four of us talk but uh attack of the killer podcast you can find everything we have all links to everything everywhere at aotkp.com uh check it out there
0: And aren't we on, like, a uh, podcast network, too? We
2: sure are. There's this thing called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, otherwise shortened, and the kids call it The PFPN. But uh, there's, like, a crap ton of shows. This this show you're listening to is one of them awesome shows on there. And you can check out all the shows on the network at thepfpn.com.
0: And I and I want to clarify, you said a crap ton of shows, not a ton of crap shows. <laughs>
2: right. I the beholder, but yes, I think what you said's
0: right. <laughs> I just ear. wanted to make that clear to the listeners. Ear of the
2: beholder, my bad.
0: There you go. Yeah. In this instance it would be ear uh So yeah, uh thanks so much for listening. Thanks you guys for coming on. Uh thanks for entertaining me and and you know, the like I said, this whole ordeal has created this podcast this small deal we made originally i i thought maybe if i just had people my friends listen to or watch uh, twin peaks and then we jump on the podcast and it has evolved from there because i realized very quickly that uh talking about the twin peaks pilot for more than two episodes would probably drive me absolutely fucking insane so um I, if i've had so much fun introducing my friends to other things it's It's sort of one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I have people who message me and say, what's good to watch on Netflix or Hulu or Prime? And uh, I will tell them and then I never hear back from them. And it drives me crazy because it's like, why ask if you're not going to let me know if you liked it or not? So now I'm holding them accountable and they have to speak with me for an hour about it. Um, Awesome. So it's like now anybody who messages me, hey, man, what's good on Netflix? Well, just as a forewarning, you're going to have to be on my podcast if you watch here it here so. and here. Yep. <laughs> and I have a feeling, yeah, you guys will be back on here several times because um, I'm leaving it open also to people to introduce things to me because um, I can't just, you know, keep it a one way street. And of course, a lot of AOTKP is me being introduced to new things through Mike mm. um, or all of us yeah. being introduced to new things. So. Yeah. You know, but if there's ever something that you guys are like, this is totally Tad. Um, yeah, meatball. Feel forward. free to. We'll be
2: back. It's possible.
0: Meatballs for now. I'm sure we will. <laughs> He's just saying no,
2: like he gets to choose, like it's his show.
0: We do. We do have, you know, at least two more episodes because we got to record when I watch whatever shit you guys force me <laughs> to watch. Yep. But just know this: um, when I suggested Twin Peaks, it wasn't for torture. I honestly thought you guys oh, might like oh. it. So keep that in mind when uh, you make your selections. Noted. You took the fun out of it. I know. <laughs> I, as, a, as a Twin Peaks
3: fan, before, we, before I leave, I feel like I have to say this. The owls are not what they seem. And you will understand what that means if you keep watching. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. I think that's a good way to wrap up this episode. Have a good night. Night. All right. Thank you for listening to the First Time Podcast. Please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Thanks to Scott Schreiner of Weezer for our intro and outro music. And last but not least, remember to leave us a review. That's how we get listeners. So like, share, find us on social media, and let us know what you think. We'll see you next time on First Time Podcast.
2: There was a fish in the
1: percolator.
2: She's dead, wrapped in plastic.